Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 419 with Diana Durrell, Five Secrets to Empowered Relationships. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late for love and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respects, respect and rewards she deserves in life and in love. And speaking of woman of value, my new book is available now on Amazon Kindle and paperback. It is called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And I have a copy of it right here. And this book is filled with my own personal stories and client stories interviews with experts like Diana who were on my show and basically it's 30 tips and exercises to help you develop your core confidence and step more fully into your values. So again it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. This week's tip comes from the book and it's called Don't Be a People Pleaser. People pleasing is actually not having good boundaries. It's trying to morph yourself into something that you're not in order to please others and usually at the cost of your own self. And so my challenge for you this week is if you catch yourself agreeing with people, doing things for people that don't really work for you, take a breath, <laughs> you know, really pause before you say yes to a favor, to you know, going with somebody that you don't want to, whether it's on a date or saying yes to something for work. Being a people pleaser just takes you away from your true authentic self. So I hope that you can start putting pauses between your yeses when you don't really mean them and to get used to saying no without feeling guilty. Uh, before I bring on Diana, I just want to let everybody know I have a fantastic Facebook group. I bring it up every time we have a podcast because I love it so much. It is a, a group for women over 40 who are either dating or in a relationship and want to really have positive feedback and really become a better communicator, more empowered. And so it's called Your Last First Date. And now for my guest, Diana Durrell. She's a woman's empowerment leader. She's a healer and a modern day medicine woman who helps women own and step into their power to create a life of grace, love, and magic. She's also the best-selling co-author of The Dating Mirror, Trust Again, Love Again on Amazon. I love that. Welcome to the show, Diana. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be here. Well, I always like to know what is behind the work, like what inspired you to get into this field? So if you could tell us a little of your background and maybe there was a pivotal moment that you can share with us. Absolutely. So, you know, ever since I was um, little, actually, I can remember being six or seven, people have just wanted to share their story with me. And um, I come from a long line of healers and intuitives, and I never really fully embraced it until my 20s, but there was a theme to what they kept asking, and it was relationships. And <laughs> in my 20s, I went through a series of tumultuous relationships that really tested 
not only just my, my sanity, but also made me question, you know, what am I doing wrong that I keep attracting the same guy with a different face? And so after a lot of self-inquiry, the way all of us do, and um, really developing my intuitive gifts, I specialize in relationships, specifically helping women to release any blocks, subconsciously or otherwise, that, that are in your way to attracting the love that you really want and the love that you deserve. So it's been a journey. And um, yeah. we could go in so many different tangents, <laughs> but yeah, through my own experiences and the continued theme of being asked, what should I do in this? Should I break up with him? Is he cheating on me? It was like, well, I don't want to know these things, but here <laughs> is the advice. And it always was exactly what people needed to hear. <laughs> That's so cool. So you come from a long line of people like you. And uh did anybody in your family encourage you to do what they were doing? So, you know, my mother is very intuitive, but she really kind of, she, did, she doesn't do this professionally. Um, my grandmother was um, a curandera from Colombia. And so she worked with herbs and had a lot of psychic visions. And I remember her grabbing my hands in the kitchen and saying, Mija, you have the gift too. And I said, what gift? And I ran away. I was so scared of her. And she said, one day you're going to help a lot of people. You just have to get out of your own way. And so like many of us, I feel like I kind of fell into this line of work. It wasn't, you know, what I said I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> and I've worn a lot of hats over the years. So I'd always say, I want to be a movie star and I want to be a teacher. And my mom would be like, Okay, like you might want to pick one or the other, and I'm like, no, <laughs> both, both, and abundance, mother. Come on, don't limit me. Exactly. <laughs> and that was my first career. I was a high school English teacher, and I was a you know performance artist in San Francisco, and transitioned into this intuitive work in my 20s. And I I still consider myself a teacher, just in a different capacity. Yeah, I think, you know, when we look back, and I always say this, the dots all connect somehow, you know, yes. and I think it can feel like a bunch of disparate occupations, like, oh my God, I'm so schizophrenic, I've done 6,000 <laughs> different things. But I think also if you're a seeker, you know, and you are intuitive, you do follow the breadcrumbs. You don't stay stuck for very long because your body's saying, there's something else out there I need to switch, you know, and I, I, I certainly have experienced that. And I've seen that so much with people who don't, you know, get one job and stay in it for the rest of their lives. Exactly. We're always growing. We're always morphing. But what I've realized is our purpose on this planet is just to be ourselves. It's just to be our authentic self, whatever expression of that you want to, you know, show to the world. Yeah, I totally agree. And I love that your grandmother told you that. Get out of your way. Get out of I your think own that's way. A, yeah. <laughs> like, what so does we that do, mean? We, right. <laughs> we block ourselves. So did you grow up speaking Spanish? Did you, was that when you um, languages? Spanish and English. Um, but in my household, my father actually wanted to learn English. So I only spoke Spanish with my grandmother when we'd go to visit in Venezuela or New York. And yeah, but I feel very fortunate to have both languages in my arsenal. Yeah, it's, it's great to know many languages. So you mentioned earlier about the blocks that you had and you now help people to get unblocked. 
And so if you can share what you have found to be the biggest block people have when they're dating. Oh, there's so many. Um, I'm like, which one do I pick? So the first one that's coming is that they have to, they meaning your soulmate, the one, whatever you want to call it, they have to check things off your list. I was just speaking with a woman um, the other day and she had like 23 things on the list. And I said, okay, like say them out loud. Like, let's see how they feel in your body. Because oftentimes when we set that criteria, it's coming from our head. It's not coming from our heart or our knowing. So, you know, is, is him being six, five and making six figures really helping you feel the way you want to feel in partnership? Or is it coming from ego or that logical space? And so I guess the biggest block is not identifying the qualities of the partnership that you want and going straight to the characteristics, which is very much how the online dating sphere is set up, (laughs) right? So getting clear on how do you want to feel in partnership, writing those down and really like keeping your sphere broad enough that there's so many possibilities of matches when you focus on the qualities and the feeling versus, um, you know, the, the superficial things. And you may still get those superficial things if you're meant to, but, um, you know, just not too long ago, I had a woman in her forties, never thought she was ever going to get married Had kind of resigned herself to be alone and be like the cat lady. And she met, you know, her now husband. And she said, what, you said really helped because he didn't look the way I thought he was going to look, but I couldn't keep my hands off him. And we talked all night and I just, there's a part of her, right. That didn't believe she should be attracted to a man that looked like this guy. Um, so it's really about bypassing all of the constructs that we've built against love so that you can recognize it and embrace it when it comes. What I love about what you shared is that, people often get stuck in the superficial and in the characteristics that their heads choose. And a lot of it has nothing to do with what's really best for you. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that too, is that we often miss the right partner because we're focused on the wrong thing. So when you have that felt sense, when that person shows up, you feel it, you know, it's you're, you're, you can't help but feel it. And I think that, almost every time somebody falls in love, it's a surprise package, right? It's not, it's not these predicted packages. So I, I think this is such an important thing. And I hope, you know, people really take this away that you've got to start really getting connected to your feelings, to your body, to how things feel. And I think a lot of people don't even know where to start with that because they're so used to just thinking their thoughts and not feeling their feelings. So for someone who's listening and going, I don't know what that means. How do I feel it in my body? (laughs) (laughs) What can you tell them? Yeah. So, you know, it really comes down to this. When you are saying that you want something, is it coming from the truth or is it coming from like a fantasy or wishful thinking? I ask my clients to identify that. And the way that you can get into your body if you're not used to doing it is through the breath. So I always like to say, start with a question, you know, should I be with a man that's six, five, turn it into a statement. You know, it would be in my highest good to be with a man who's six, five. 
say it over and over and over again and pay attention to the body responses. You might feel just a slight flutter in your heart. You might feel a contraction in your throat. It's different for everybody. And the more that you can practice really getting clear on what it is, right, that's important to you, the easier it's going to be to recognize when your body is responding or when you're just like the body is not responding, but the head is like, but I really should want that. <laughs> or my mom said that that would be good for me or my friend said he's good for me. So I'm going to bypass and cut myself off right from the neck down. Yeah, that's a great tip. I see a lot of women in my Facebook group, Your Last First Date, who are unsure about a guy and they'll come in and they'll do like a, you know, a post to see what the rest of the group thinks about this guy and they don't know him. <laughs> like Obviously, they're not dating him. And so sometimes I won't even post the question because I don't want the group to weigh in. Uh, in fact, I had, a, I had a woman about a week or two ago who um, was really struggling because the guy she was seeing wasn't responsive to her emotional state. She was going through a really tough time. And she just was feeling devastated. She had spent seven months with him and she doesn't know if he's really emotionally available to be her partner. And I said, if, you know, if she posts that in the group, people are gonna go, leave him, run, go away. <laughs> and there's more beneath the surface that needed to be said. And so I said to her, look, I see that you're hurting and if you really want the right answer, you, know, you, you would really benefit from a single coaching session just to really talk this out. And it was so helpful to her. And she saw, because first she was like, oh, it was stupid. I shouldn't have posted it. I just take it down. I'm ashamed that I even, and I said, no, the fact that you're ashamed is something we need to coach about, right? And so it was so helpful to see like where she was giving up her power, where she wasn't speaking up and where she wasn't asking for what she wanted because it was too vulnerable. So she didn't let him know what does caring look like to me? What does emotional support look like to me? He had no idea. You know, he, he wasn't used to giving that kind of support. And so she needed to help him with that. So we, we often look to others to help us understand ourselves. But unless they're the right people, we won't be able to really overcome our issues. I love that example because so often we do, we just kind of abdicate right? Our feelings and just kind of see what does everybody else think I should do? And it, in that you, you lose the ability to connect with your emotions, to connect with your truth, even if it's uncomfortable. And what I've found in this work is that you can have multiple truths, right? A man can be really emotionally available and you can have no chemistry. Like both can be true and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And you're okay, and he's okay. Yeah, it <laughs> we can go into the story, right? Like, right. why did I attract a man I'm not attracted to? It's like <laughs> you just aren't, honey, and that's okay. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, and you it's actually really true. you actually brought up one of my, uh, my my tips. So I have an acronym that I share with people, and the acronym is loved. And the, um, the V in that acronym is view everyone as a teacher. So even if you're going on these dates and they're just falling flat, if you can approach it from that standpoint of what am I learning about myself in this moment versus is he the right guy for me and prejudging it, we're not in the present moment then. So everybody is an opportunity to learn something 
about what you want, what you don't want, who you want to be in relationship and how you want to feel. And then it's just like a playground. Mm. And that's, that's so beautiful because so many people put so much pressure that every date he has to be the one. And if it's yes. not, then it's a failure. I'm a yes. failure. And um, so let's go through your, these, these are the five secrets to empowered relationships I'm imagining. <laughs> they are. Okay, so let's start with the L. Then we'll, okay, we'll guys. See, the high school teacher in me just never left. I'm like, let's just do acronyms. <laughs> it's easy for everyone. So L is lead with your truth. First, you have to know what it is that you actually want and how you want to feel, which we talked about already. But the O is to own your choices. So if you say that you really want to be in a relationship, but your actions are negating that, really own that. Wow, I really do want to be in a relationship and I'm terrified to let people find out about me or I'm terrified to put myself back on the online dating world. The more that you can really own that, you can break through your own mental blocks and just go for it. Mm. So the V is view everyone as a teacher and um, the E is engage and add value. So, so often when we're going through this process of sifting through potential partners, we're focused on what can I get versus what can I give? And we're evaluating them against checklists, against, you know, family or well-meaning friends' judgments about who we should be with. And if you can shift your focus to being fully present, engaging with the person in front of you, finding something interesting about them, even if you, you know, aren't going to date them again, that generosity of spirit comes back to you and you will start attracting people that are also genuinely curious about you. So how can you add value? And even if you're not in partnership or you're not even ready to date yet, you can play around in, you know, with your friend groups, with your coworkers. How can I add value today to somebody's life? And that simple question takes you out of your head. It takes you out of your fears and gets you kind of in the flow of life. So you'll start to see and notice generous people and opportunities that you wouldn't have when you had tunnel vision. Is this the guy? Is he fulfilling everything I desire? No, he's not good enough. <laughs> we don't see the things that are right there. Yeah, I love that. And the D? And then the D is desire the best for yourself and others. So giving yourself permission to want what you want. And no matter what happens on a date, can you desire the best for that person? Right? I really hope that you find somebody, right? Even just if it's something that you say to yourself for them, but that, again, that attitude is going to serve you well and who you attract next. Mm. So these are great. I, what I'm noticing is a common thing in the, <laughs> common theme about staying present. Uh, yeah. And that's one of the hardest things we're always either future focused or past focused. And so just if, if people just take that away, that's gold. But I think, you know, just being a better human really helps you to find love, you know, and wanting the best for others, adding value to people's lives. These are all ways to be a better person. And you attract what you focus on and what you put out into the world. Like you said, it's karma. And so I... <laughs> I spent some time with some friends recently and one of my friends is a very old friend. We've known each other since we're 18 and she gets very stuck in like black and white thinking and shame, blame and shame kind of thinking. And she was 
Like if I ever say to her, you know, when the date didn't work out, she'll be like, oh God, you know, what's wrong with that person? And that person's <laughs> like in the mud and you, you know, and it's like, God, this is not how I see it at all. And it's like, it's also when you, when you break up with somebody, you always want to take the high road, you know? And I, I've noticed in the relationships that I've had in, in the best relationships, everybody wishes everybody well. It just didn't work out with that person. Doesn't mean that they're a horrible person. Like you said before, person's emotionally available, you're not attracted. It doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means they're not right for you. And if we can end relationships that way, everybody does better, you know? And I, I had one where the guy was so spiteful and cynical and angry and he was hurt. And so mm. he took it out that way. And I had the, the wherewithal because of the work I do to know where it came from. Like I didn't take it personally and I, I just stopped engaging with him, but, but it was just so, it was ugly. It's like just to kind of wish somebody to have a bad life after they've been with you and they don't want to be with you anymore. It's like, it's a release. It's like now I'm releasing you out into the universe. So somebody better for you can come along. Absolutely. I love that you said that how, you know, how we end things, I think really says more about us and how we begin them. (laughs) And at the same time, you know, how you begin that dynamic is how it tends to continue. So always say, pay attention to those first couple of dates and those three to five minutes after a date, there's so much gold. If you just sit, like I have my clients get a little notepad or even on their iPhone and do a voice memo. What do I know about this person? What is my body saying right now? And you can get so much information that, you know, if you wait too long, then we start justifying and making excuses. And uh, you know, we don't want to see the red flags because we've had great sex or they really like my family or whatever it is. So honor how things begin and also honor how they end. So great. I, I love the voice memo. I think that, yeah, and how you feel in your body again. And it's so we tend to justify when you're not in your body and you're living in your head, you see a red flag and then you think maybe I'm just too sensitive or mm-hmm. you justify it because the good, the good is there. And a person can have a lot of good, but have one big red flag, one deal breaker. It doesn't matter how much good. And so part of our job as coaches is to help people see that, you know, and to not ignore that feeling in, inside you, you know, like feeling unsafe, feeling, I, I had a client recently who was devastated by something somebody had said to her on a date. And then she started second guessing, you know, maybe it's me, maybe. Oh, no. Um, maybe, and I'm like, no, it is not you. <laughs> You're like, snap out of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you feel in your body? Right. And that was it. It was like, I feel horrible. Like, you know, it, it was bad enough for her to schedule an extra session with me. And yet, I don't know, should I, should I tell him this? Like, I, I need to take a break. I, I'm just, I'm just too busy right now. I said, no, be honest. You don't feel a connection. It's not a good connection for you. You don't have to spell it out. So, mm. I mean, what do you suggest? Like when it doesn't work out, how honest do you have your clients be with the people they're dating? Yeah, I always say earlier is better. So if you already know, 
um, there's ways to say it, right? You can say, you know what, I really appreciate the time that we spent together. However, I'm really not seeing this as a romantic connection. And that level of honesty, I mean, most people will welcome that versus this kind of dance or the ghosting thing or the slow fade. Like, I know I've been on the other end of that and it's so painful. You're just like, what happened? They were so into me and now they're very sporadic with their communication. And if they had just said, you know what, I met somebody else or I'm just, for whatever reason, I'm not feeling this romantically. You're a great person and I wanted to let you know up front. I always say the direct approach is best, but watch your tone <laughs> because they'll listen to the tone more than they listen to your words. And this goes oh, yeah. for, you know, men and women. We're so sensitive to the tone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just the way you said it was so kind, you know, and I think that often we don't, we don't know how to say it. And so we don't say anything or we, mm -hmm. you know, people will say, I, I don't know. I had a guy say to me after like a, a really great hour and a half conversation. Oh, well, this has been great. And I don't feel any chemistry, but I'd like to stay oh. friends. And I'm like, what? Oh my gosh. That's a little brutal. And it was so brutal. And also because we were having this dynamic conversation. And so if I feel that we can talk, I would give somebody another date, even if I didn't feel an immediate attraction, because attraction can grow with the right compatibility. Mm -hmm if I was not turned off completely from a person, it was just so abrupt. And apparently he's had a whole history of doing this. He even told me, you know, oh, we had a friend in common and he said, um, oh yeah, I dated her for a while and then I told her we had no chemistry. Oh my gosh. Wow, you gotta stop using that line because it's really brutal. Wow. Say, I don't have the spark I need to continue. I don't feel that romantic spark. Whatever, it's mm -hmm. so much kinder than, yeah, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, no chemistry here. Can't fake it, you know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it's it's just the way you say it. And, you know, hopefully you have good self-esteem and you don't get derailed <laughs> by somebody saying something like that. Exactly. Because I always say, like, what you desire also desires you. And you want to be with somebody who's into you. Yes. So yeah, that's a good, yeah. good thing for people to remember. <laughs> and also, you know... Um, people don't always show up as their, you know, their true essence. And so while there's truth to what you desire is desiring you, if you have two people who sh show up with their representatives on a date, oh, you know, yes. it's here I am all perfect. And, you know, I had my hair blown out and I don't look anything like this in real life. And I'm just, mm. I don't have a sense of humor on the date. So how do you how do you help people prepare better to really show up um, authentically? Because I know that's important. Yeah. So, so this is funny. Like this is an online dating tip for everybody. And now with you know what's going on in the world, this is very appropriate. So I always suggest to clients pick photos that are like you in your everyday look like so often I'll come across profiles where it is like the hair's blown out and on an everyday basis you don't right so it's it's more like the under promise over deliver like we say in business right it's the same thing you want to give an accurate picture of who you are what you look like and then blow them away with you know your personality in person or on a zoom call like this and so 
um, you know, the first thing is to make a list of all of the things that you love about yourself. And this is not coming from a selfish place. It's really getting you in the right mindset that you have something to offer and let that inform how you pick your outfits, right? Getting ready for the date is very important, making it a ritual. And it's not for the other person, it's for you. How can I feel like my brightest self? And also another tip is to ask more questions and listen more. So often when we're nervous, right, we start rattling off our accomplishments or talking about nonsense just to fill the space. And especially for women, like leaning back, really, again, going into that curious space. What do I want to know about this guy? Aside from romantic stuff, like what's interesting about him? And then taking yourself out of the date a bit and just seeing them as a person. That can help you feel relaxed and help you feel like your authentic self. Those are great tips. Um, people really struggle with that list of what you love about your <laughs> When I taught my first workshop, I remember asking that question, what do you love about yourself? And there was silence. And then like one woman, yeah, like <laughs> one woman said, my hair, you know, it's just like, <laughs> like yes, girl, start there. Here, start there. <laughs> Um, sometimes when I'm doing a profile and I'm writing a profile for a client, I'll have them, if they can't list five adjectives about themselves, things that they love, I will have them ask their friends. And I had Absolutely. a couple who would like curate it with a bunch of friends and see what, what's the common <laughs> denominator, right? Um, cause people who love you know you as, you know, bubbly, fun, honest, loyal, whatever it is. And then I, I have them write a little story about each one, about each adjective. How does that show up in your life? Like, how, do you, how are you kind? What's, what's mm. something you've done, an act of kindness? So you, you can also prepare like, to tell stories about your life. I, I do this. I mentor in Toastmasters, and um, I've told my mentees to keep a, a notebook of stories so that if you ever have to tell a story on the fly, keep a notebook of the stories of your life. And I would say the same thing with dating, like be an interesting person to have something to talk about. And, um, but the listening part is really, really interesting too, uh, really important. Um, so for women who don't listen well, you know, the ones who just, every time a guy starts talking, they just, they have to fill in all the empty spaces and go, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh -huh, mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what would you suggest to a woman who just is uncomfortable letting some space into the, uh, into the conversation? So it sounds very simplistic because it is count to three, mm. <laughs> like literally <laughs> stare at him, feel the thought and count to three. And then if you really need to say it, then it'll come out. But just mm -hmm. consciously going into the date thinking, okay, I know that my nervous tick is to fill the space. I'm going to give myself permission to be quiet. And it's funny with, you know, with that, like you find out so much information in the stillness, mm -hmm. but if you don't give yourself that space, you never find anything out. It's like, it's just kind of a, I need to keep up with the conversation. I need to remember what was said so that I can remember to say that thing. And it's coming from here. It's not yes, you're disconnected again <laughs> yes. from the present, right? 
And I think also a lot of times men take a little longer to process what they're going to say. And if we don't give them that space, we could miss something really important. That's a great point. That is so true. I have a a couple of male clients and they do share that. Like sometimes I don't know how to tell her what I want to say. And, you know, I just say anything because I don't want her to like see me as ridiculous. And it's like, so it's both genders. (laughs) We both struggle with that. (laughs) Yeah. But it's also like, I used to think I had to have all the answers. I had to know everything both at work and in relationships. Mm. Like I had to come in, you know, being perfect. And when we can show our imperfections and even say, you know, and I'm kind of nervous. I just, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm having a moment, you know, that's endearing much more than I have all the answers. I am a know-it-all. I know everything. (laughs) It's kind of obnoxious. Actually, (laughs) yeah. So even I mean that level of vulnerability, saying you know what, I, I feel like I am just like gonna say some nonsense because it's really hard for me to to hold back and be quiet, but I really want to because I really want to hear what you have to say. Like if somebody told me that, I'd be like, oh my god, that's adorable. Yeah, I totally get it. Totally, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would love that. Um, yeah, it's just having the ability to just say what you're thinking and feeling. And, you know, I watch a lot of dating shows and um, there's one called Dating Around and there's one in Brazil. And it's fascinating to watch because it's in another language, but there's subtitles. It's on Netflix. And you watch these people go on five blind dates and the chemistry that's either there or not there. And you start to feel it. In, I mean, I like doing this. I like to go, okay, they're what are they doing that's developing a connection? And a lot of times it's complimenting. Like they'll, they'll say, wow, you really have beautiful hair. I, I love your eyes. They're so pretty. Um, so there's a lot of that. And then there's a lot of simplistic questions like, have you lived in Sao Paulo your whole life? Um, you have an interesting accent. Where are you from? What do you do for fun? You know, mm. what's in it? So it's, but they're the same questions, but everybody answers them differently and they're not that hard, but like, don't go like, how, how did your last relationship end? (laughs) It's just like, wait a minute, I just met you. (laughs) Why have you never been married? Yes. (laughs) Does online dating suck for you too? Yeah. It's all these questions that don't really lead to a really positive conversation. Um, So what are some of the common reasons why you think people aren't meeting their person? So the first one that we talked about a little bit, right, is that just rigidity and criteria. Mm -hmm. It's coming, it's coming from an inorganic place. (laughs) And um, I think the other one too, especially I find this for women, and of course I can't speak for all women, but there's a, a fear, right? There's a fear of what if I actually found him? Then what is he going to find out about me that he doesn't like? And, you know, I work with a lot of very powerful, very successful in their career, independent women who have shared explicitly, I'm scared that I'm going to have to give it all up if I find, you know, the man of my dreams. 
and it's not necessarily a a conscious fear but you know like they saw their mom give it up or her mom give it up and so they there's a fear of identity loss but if you're in the right partnership your partner is going to encourage you to be all of you and of course there's compromise but i think that can stop a lot of people is that loss of freedom <laughs> or potential potential loss of freedom or lifestyle yeah i see that a lot and i think that when you don't have a healthy relationship role model like you said if your mother was like that or any person that you've noticed then you think well that's what relationships are so i'm either happy single or miserable mm -hmm. single or um, yeah or I'm in a relationship and I have to compromise too much, compromise myself. And it's hard to know until you're there that a healthy relationship is two people who want the best for each other, who want each other to grow. And you can see the difference. You know, you can see in a relationship where there's criticism and mm -hmm. control, and you can see one where the person will support in, in uh, an effort to help you rise up. And um, I even say to my son, because he's in a job that's not where he wants to be the rest of his life. And I've said to him, you know, so what are you doing to do the things you love while you're still here so that you can start to build towards your future? And he hears it and he knows it and he thanks me, <laughs> but he's also pissed <laughs> off at me. And he's like, of course. So one of his goals is to write a book, a children's book. and he's he's been doing it but then he not he's not into it because he's tired and he's not moved to do it and i i keep saying to him like if you don't prioritize this it's not going to happen so you know and i and i said this i said to him the exact thing same thing i'm saying here about relationships that i'm never there to nag him because i'm criticizing him it's really that i see so much in him that is unrealized and I want to see him fully blossom. Mm. And so it's coming from a place of love, not, not, I want to, I want to tell you that you're not doing enough. And, you know, it's a very different, very, very different place. And so in a good relationship, we want the other person to rise up. They want us to rise up, you know? I love that example. And I mean, I, another one that I wanted to share with everybody is, yeah like the blind spots. So, so often, you know, if we had a relationship that was really meaningful that ended and that person maybe has moved on or the opposite, you know, they're still kind of hanging around the peripheries of your life. You haven't totally let them go. That can block somebody new from coming in, but it also holds you back emotionally. So maybe it's not you that's holding on. Maybe it's them right? That are, they're still kind of in your energy field. And that's kind of the, the deeper woo-woo work that I do with folks is like, let's kind of get them out of your energy field because you keep going on these dates. And yes, you don't talk to your ex anymore, but every time this, you know, eligible man is coming in your space, you're appearing to be unavailable when you really aren't, mm. when you really are available. So there's yeah, that that's too. A good one. There's the hidden stuff beneath the surface that we can't necessarily see for ourselves. Yeah, and then that's what's so great about having somebody do the work with you because we can't see those things. And I think there's a lot of comparison 
people don't even realize they're comparing to an ex, even subconsciously. Well, I, you know, I don't feel the same attraction as I felt to the last guy, mm -hmm. even though it was a toxic relationship for right? you. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> of true. Of course you felt attraction because you that's... Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's also, you know, recalibrating attraction. That's something that a lot of people need some work on it because the attraction is, is an attraction of, of toxicity, of deprivation, of what's bad for you and what you're trying to fix rather than two people coming together to support each other. Mm, very well said. Yeah, that addiction, the adrenaline high of a familiar pattern that yes. can masquerade as true attraction. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so you talk a lot about the spiritual and the um, intuitive. And so um, can you tell us what role intuition plays in dating and love? A big role. I would say intuition is kind of the bedrock or the foundation for a successful relationship. If you're not listening and you're not tuned in to your intuition, then you're very susceptible to the opinions of other people and you're not really necessarily grounded in what's true for you. So the more that you can begin to practice listening to your intuition, even when it may seem illogical, you know, outlandish, practice with the easy stuff. It's like that moment, right, when you get on the highway and that you just feel intuitively you need to get off and then you don't listen and then there's an accident <laughs> ahead. <laughs> so practice with the little things and then when the big things come, it'll be easier to make decisions that are going to honor you. I love that. I so agree. I mean, I, um, I think the more you can tune in to what works for you the more you're going to be able to know your own truth and most people grow up dismissing what's true for them because they were told not to trust it mm -hmm. so it's it's really important so do you have um any exercises or something you can share that helps people tune in to their intuition yeah, so I call it the I'm not crazy journal. And it literally, I mean, nowadays we could do it on our phone, but I always suggested to, to clients, get a little notepad at Walgreens and keep it in your purse. And anytime you get, you know, a feeling about something, literally put the date, put the feeling, and then wait. Because nine times out of 10, it's right on. And the logical mind needs that practical recording right because otherwise we dismiss it we're like oh i'm just being crazy or that that probably means nothing and then later we find out it does so i like stickers <laughs> but you can get crazy with it and the more that you do it the more the logical mind will get on board oh okay i don't have to be in the driver's seat all the time there's this other part that's kind of in charge but i get to come along for the ride and pretty soon you won't need to write it down you'll just know it that's great yeah, I'm not crazy exercise. <laughs> uh, that's official really term. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. I think it's, you know, a lot of what you shared today is about balancing the head and the heart. You know, it's not all one thing or another. We really need a balance. Right. And I think when we can see it, we can believe it when we feel it, but we still, we start to keep track and have evidence. 
the voice message after a date, the writing down the I'm not crazy exercise, <laughs> all these things really give us the, 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 you know, it's like reinforcing, reinforcing that we can trust who we are and show up more authentically, which is how we find our partner. Absolutely. And they are going to be so grateful to find you too, right? Yes. Because they are probably like, oh my gosh, where is she or where is he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so Diana, this has just been fantastic. And I would love for you to share how people can find you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, by the way. This oh, is a so lot fun. of fun. So I actually have a free gift for everybody. If you are curious about what's been blocking you from attracting a soulmate, I actually made an audio, Where is My Soulmate Already? And we have the link to it for you. But my website is my name. So it's D-I-A-N-A-D-O-R-E-L-L.com. And I'm also on Facebook under my name please connect with me there. And however I can add value or offer guidance, I am totally up for it. Awesome. So you are, you have great energy and I'm sure that your clients <laughs> love you. you. <laughs> uh, so thank you. Thank you for doing this work and for really helping so many people. It's, it's, it's really, to me, the best work you can do. Oh, it's my pleasure. And thank you for doing the work you do. I want to check out your book. Ah, yes. Um, and I'll check out yours. So thank you everybody for listening today. And if you love our show, please rate and review us. It really means a lot. And we hope you go on your last first date very soon. <laughs> <laughs>